Are you thinking about starting a plant-based diet? Maybe it's for weight loss reasons, maybe for your health or environmental reasons. If so, you're not alone because one quarter of all Americans say they're trying to eat less meat. Are you wondering about that? If you should go plant-based? Now, I should say that when I say plant-based, we're not talking about that you have to go vegan. I'm personally not a vegan. In other words, I do still eat some animal products. I'm not a vegetarian either, but I definitely follow a plant-based approach where I eat you know, smaller amounts of meat and more amounts of plants. So there's no one definition, but maybe you're thinking, well, I don't know, should I be going on a plant-based diet? Maybe you think you're not gonna get enough protein, especially if you wanna build muscle mass, or maybe you're worried about vitamin deficiencies, because if you heard that you know, animal products have vitamin B12, and if you avoid them, you're not gonna get enough of that. Or maybe you worry that you're gonna be hungry. We're gonna address all of that with today's guest, She's Robin Withrow Wong, a registered dietitian out in California who works with people with type two diabetes and helping them with a plant-based approach. She also has two podcasts. One is called Veg Head Speaks. The other is called No Pills, No Hunger, where she addresses diabetes and a plant-based approach. So please welcome Robin Withrow Wong. Welcome to the Energize Your Life podcast, hosted by keynote speaker, author, and peak performance expert, Dr. Joe. Listen in as Dr. Joe and her guests talk about how to energize your life so you can be happier, healthier, and more productive. Hello and welcome, Robin. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, Dr. Joe. I'm so glad you found me. Yeah, so nice to meet you. So we're going to be talking about myths regarding a plant-based diet. So why don't we just kind of jump right in? I mean, give us some ideas of some things that we might be confused about for people that are saying, I can't go plant-based. Yeah, you I know, be a vegetarian. Yeah, I, you know, I hear that a lot. It's like, oh, I could never give up meat. The big one I hear is I could never give up cheese, right? And um, so some of the myths I hear frequently um, when you, people find out you're plant-based and they're confused between veganism and plant-based eating, but they're similar. I said plant-based is like veganism with a twist. We eat whole, more whole foods, less processed foods and less oil, uh, but it's really where do you get your protein, okay? Mm -hmm. That is the big myth. They're just like, they're really worried about having a protein deficiency. And honestly, I can tell you in the U.S., there is really no protein deficiency. Yeah. <laughs> there, just, there just isn't. Yeah. Other countries maybe, but not here. We have a, uh, an issue with almost too much food. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and you know, really it's a myth because people don't think of beans and legumes and peas and lentils and tofu as protein. They only think of protein as being meat, meat products. And what they don't think about is what they're getting when they eat that source of protein. And that's what, as plant-based eaters, we try to avoid. It's the stuff that comes with the meat, the saturated fat and the cholesterol, okay? So uh, that's really the myth. It's just like, you can get completely full. And just a reminder that meat doesn't have any fiber at all. Whereas the beans and legumes, you know, I mean, all those plant-based foods, the fruits and veggies and whole grains all have a lot of fiber. So it fills you up. And I know that's another myth. So we can talk about that. So it so. fills you up. And, you know, when we talk about fiber, a lot of people think in terms of uh, 
allowing it them to go to the bathroom, right? Yes. Kind of fills you up and gives you some bulk there to, to go to the bathroom. And it does but do that, right? Yeah. It, it does do that, but it also fills us up, reduces our risk of colon cancers. Yes. So, and it gives us that healthy gut, which, you know, helps us in a lot of other ways. Yeah. Microbiome is a big deal right now, as you know. Um, and so that's a really good point. Um, also, if you're type two diabetic, have type two diabetes, which I work with a lot of women with type two diabetes, it's really having fiber is your fiber in your diet is your friend because it helps regulate your blood sugars. Okay. And, and so you don't get the spikes. Yes. Yes. And and, down the absorption. So you get a more even flow rather than the quick ups and downs. Yes. And so fiber, and, and, you know, honestly, as Americans in the U S we eat about half of our daily fiber requirement. I mean, and so when people ask, how do you get your protein? I almost want to kind of shoot back with, how do you get your fiber? If you're eating so much, so much meat and cheese, there is zero fiber in animal products. Okay. But they never think about that. And so really that's a big issue, not getting enough fiber. Like you said, colon cancer. And, and so um, that's a, that's a cute rebuttal. I like that. Yeah. You know, when they yeah. get enough protein. Well, how do you get enough fiber? Yeah. It's sort of like that, but I, you know, I got to pick and choose who I say it to. They get a little now, defensive. Do you eat any, do you eat any animal products at all? No, no, I do so not. not. No, I do and, not. And, and there are a lot of people probably, um, I, I don't know exactly where I fall into it, but I, I am not a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely feel like I eat plant-based, meaning that yeah. there's always plants in my mm-hmm. diet. I, I, I can't imagine, like you mentioned earlier when we were, before we got to recording about how people just don't eat a wide variety of foods and they don't. going plant-based gives you that variety that I really crave. Uh, but some, some people call themselves a flexitarian. So they're, yes. they're not really vegetarian, but they're not a, a big meat eater. And uh, a lot of it is based on kind of being flexible based on the situation, perhaps. Yeah. And I actually love that term because it's not for everybody. It is really not. You know, we went plant-based um, and I had my four children at home when we did it. My husband has, had, was recently had been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and he wasn't overweight. We were active. We thought we were eating a healthy diet, right? right. And so he didn't want to go on the meds. And so we started really searching and we found this work for us and all of our, I transitioned our whole family. Um, But is it easy for everybody? I have clients that just can't do it whole hard, you know, hundred percent yet they get results by even making small changes. So let's say they eat um, a piece of fish once a week and yet they're adding more beans and vegetables and that sort of thing into their diet. So I love that approach because it worked with their lifestyle right? And yet they're getting the benefits of it. So, um, right. And so like sectarian is a great, a great way of looking at it. And, and it is, it is on a spectrum. In other words, there are some people that perhaps eat animal products every single meal. Yeah. So think about it. What if you were to eat it twice a day rather than Mm -hmm. three times a day or Mm -hmm. once a day rather than twice, you know, right. So we don't have to think in terms of being perfect. Um, but doing something along that spectrum, yeah. so a little bit would be better. In fact, Robbie, you had a really interesting story. I didn't realize because you and I are somewhere in that same generation. And yet I've been in nutrition as a registered dietitian for eh, decades. Yeah. 
And you're relatively new because of what happened with your husband, right? Exactly. Exactly. Tell that, it, tell that story. Oh, so it really, um, you know, I was always, I always loved eating healthy, what I thought was healthy and feeding my family healthy. And we were very active as a family and still are. But when he was diagnosed, I just was like, whoa, I've got to change things up. And so I really started um, attending lectures and I went back to school and I got really bit by the nutrition bug. And I really felt this passion around changing people's lives through nutrition and really helping them avoid chronic diet-related diseases like type 2 diabetes. And, And so at the age of 56, I literally went back to graduate school, got my master's degree, became a dietitian, and it was a it was a haul. I had to commute four hours a day, and so you ha- so just has to tell you how passionate I am about this topic, right? Because people that age don't go, they thought I was a teacher when I'd walk into the classroom, right? <laughs> I mean, so it's it's really is what I love doing because it's so rewarding to see people change their lives. It really is. Mm-hmm. And congratulations and welcome to the field. That yes, I love it. I do. I absolutely love it. I do. I can I do. tell. I can tell. Yeah. So, so the first myth, it has to do with, uh, you can get plenty of protein. So you, know, you can, you have to, you have to kind of be creative and think of food differently. Um, and, um, and, but you can totally get plenty. Of I think I wrote down, you know, the average, um, woman, 130 pound woman needs about 68 grams of protein a day. And so if you think about um, a cup of beans has 15 grams, right? And so almost one quarter of the way. Yeah. I mean, so, and you eat a bean burrito or you eat, you know, that's just, you can incorporate it in and so you start putting beans on your salad or, so it's, it's really possible. You have to just kind of think out of the box a little bit. So yeah. So that's the biggest one I hear. Uh, Another myth I hear, and we talked a little bit about this, Dr. Joe, is I'm going to be deficient in B12 or other vitamins and minerals, right? And you had an interesting story about that. You want to share that? Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Uh, we were talking about it before. When I turned 50, my doctor ordered a series of blood work, you know, like you do at your or, an ordinary annual exam. But all of a sudden, he was asking about, you know, getting my B12 checked. You know, he checked it off on this form, and I'm thinking... What a waste of my money. I knew it wouldn't be covered by insurance. And I thought that is insane. But at that point, I was already at the lab and he had yeah. checked it off. And I'm like, what am I? I can't race it or yeah. anything like that. So I, I, you know, drew my lab. Well, they drew my lab. And I was surprised when I got it back because my B12 was deficient. And I called up my mom at the time and I was telling her about it. I said, isn't this weird? I eat animal products you know, that shouldn't be an issue. And yeah, I heard that older people do have an issue sometimes with absorbing B12, but come on, I just turned 50. I'm not that old yet. And, and she said, well, you know, it runs in the family. I said, it does. Why didn't you tell me? And she said, don't you remember when we moved? And she talked about how when I was 12, we moved from one state to another, but she would go back every month and all of us would pile in the car because she had to go. And she gave her dad a shot of B12. And I didn't know why we were going. I thought we were going to visit relatives. I didn't realize (laughs) that. And she said, yeah, never, you know, Papa needed those shots of B12 every single month. 
And I said, no, I didn't remember. So, and since then we've, you know, found out there are other people in the family that have this. So, so there are people even outside of being vegetarian mm-hmm. or whatnot, that do run into B12 deficiencies. But what I found out, it is simple. You just take a supplement. In fact, the way that my grandfather was treated with the shots of B12 is, is an outdated mentality. We don't need to have a shot. We didn't, we don't need to pay a lot of money to go into the doctor's office. You just take a very high dose of B12, only a small amount is absorbed, and we get plenty. Of yeah. So yeah, and as we talked, yeah, and as we talked about, even now the recommendations are for people over 50 to supplement whether you're vegan or not, whether you're plant-based or not, just because our bodies change the acids. Because absorbing B12 is a kind of a complicated process, right? Yeah. You have to have intrinsic factors. I mean, all these things that nutritionists love, okay? Right, right. <laughs> Dietitians love to talk two, about. Two parts, the B12 yeah. that you eat and the, and the part in your stomach that, you know, together... Yeah, you know, it creates it, 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 Yeah, right. And, and as we get older, we don't produce as much of what's in our stomach. Um, and I'll tell you, if you're taking any kind of antacids or things that mm-hmm. reduce the acid, like for example, if you have GERD or any other type of acid reflux, then you're more likely to get B12 deficiency, whether you eat meat or not. So. Yeah, exactly. And so that's a really good point. And so, like I said, we like to nerd out about this as dietitians. Um, but really, what you need to know is that get tested if you're over 50 and just check it out. It's a simple yeah. supplement. It's simple if you're plant based. I tell my clients to. Just, you know, take one, sometimes they're higher doses than they really need to absorb and take one a week. And I actually recommend vitamin D for a lot of my my clients as well, because I know we know as we age that that's another thing that isn't absorbed as well. But um, so anyway, B12 is another. And I got to say, with all the other vitamins and minerals, you if you're eating plant based, you're going to get. Way more more. stuff, right? So let's not worry about that one little one that is easily taken care of, right? Exactly. It's just, um, especially if you're eating a a rainbow of vegetables and fruits, uh, you're going to get everything because you really don't get that from eating meat. You you don't get any of the antioxidants that you get from fruits and vegetables, right? So people just have this idea that they have to eat this, you know, meat to get their vitamins. And it's like, it's really quite the opposite. Yeah. So, so one of my other myths, shall I go on? um, Was that uh, it's, you're going to be hungry. (laughs) They think they're going to be hungry or um, they're never going to fill up. Right. And, you know, no, it's quite the opposite. I have clients that tell me, how can I lose weight and eat this much? Okay. Because you're eating foods filled with fiber that we talked about and it fills you up and your body, but your body uses it really effectively, all the nutrients and everything in it effectively. And so you, need to eat more frequently because you're not eating a lot of oil that keeps you full, right? Um, so that's what I have found anyway. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that, Dr. Joe? Oh, I, I think so. But there's yeah. nothing wrong with eating more frequently anyway. No. Me, I, uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if I share with you, I got into the field of nutrition. You know, you have your story. Mine is uh, at the age of 16, I went through anorexia okay. and I lost... 50 pounds off of where I am right now. Wow. 50. And, yeah. um, and, and then I went through the stages where I had bulimia and binge eating and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, when I was going through recovery, um, 
I was instructed to eat six times a day, six small meals mm -hmm. a day. And it was at that point that I realized, even though we know that eating disorders are a mental disorder, right? And you need to do some head mm -hmm. work. But at the same time, I found that when I ate six times a day, like every three hours, I never got overly full, which to me led me to eat more. It's kind of like I would get full and say, oh, I might as well eat the whole bag type of oh, thing. Okay. And mm -hmm. then, but if I got too hungry, like look out, I would overeat. And so for me to prevent overeating, to prevent binge eating, I found that it was great to eat six small meals a day to keep myself feeling like Goldilocks happy, you know, you know, not too full, not too hungry. Yeah. And so, yeah, if, if eating plant-based does make you a little hungrier more often, think about that as an opportunity to then eat something. Eat again. It yeah. doesn't mean six meals. It could be, you know, three meals. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. And especially the women I work with who have diabetes, it's mm -hmm. it, to eat more frequently. Um, to that, it's that blood sugar management again, right? Yeah. And so um, it's, it's really, um, you know, you won't be hungry. I mean, you, yeah. you know, I, I do have to say, though, that uh, when I first transitioned my kids, uh, they were doing two a days for sports and everything. And they were my one son was feeling he was playing soccer pretty um, aggressively and he'd come home and be hungry. And I was like, he's like, I felt really weak. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? I wasn't feeding him enough. OK, mm -hmm. so he was he needed more calories and because he was burning them through them so fast. And so I would send him a lunch literally in a, a grocery sack, you know, like three green burritos and this and that. And, and so really, you know, you have to eat a higher volume than you're used to. Um, and so that's a really an, um, an adjustment people don't, they fail to make sometimes. So a higher, a higher volume, if you're very active, um, but probably, it's probably not an issue for most of us that have a few extra pounds. That is true. That is and true. Yeah. You probably found with your, with your clients, when they start eating plant-based, they lose weight and they're, they do, you know, maybe effortlessly. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't like maybe drop off. But yeah, they're losing weight. They're like, I'm not even doing anything. I'm right. not restrictive. I've right. not, uh, I'm not gone hungry. So yeah. I think that's really good. I think, I think the reason why people think that they're going to be hungry on a plant-based diet is they're focusing on what they can't have that versus all the stuff they can mm -hmm. have. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, again, it's that paradigm shift, right? Um, and so when you look at it from a perspective of why are you doing this? is it stri strictly for weight loss, then um, it makes it harder. If you're doing it from a perspective like for us, it was motivated by health. It was motivated by wanting better health and staying off medication. It made the transition so much easier because it's like your why is different, right? And so um, it just, it, this is like, you know, and, and the kids were on board because they're like, this is good for dad's health. And I made delicious food. You can make delicious food. Okay. And so um, it just was very seamless. And I think it, um, people just have this idea that it's going to be restricted more like a diet and it really isn't. It's a lifestyle and it, and the motivation is from health. So and I, know, I know you work with people with diabetes and pre-diabetes and, and I think what most people don't realize, you know, we always hear about cancer. How many people have cancer or we hear about heart disease. But when you look at the statistics, 
almost one half of all American adults have either diabetes or pre-diabetes, meaning that yeah. if they don't do something, they're probably heading into uh, into diabetes. I, it's I think true. it's at like 43, 44%, something it's, like that. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's huge. And so a lot of us need to be watching our blood sugar for certain. Yeah, they do. And, you know, I, and I, I just want to say really quickly about that and do something when you have prediabetes. People just ignore it, you know, and even doctors sometimes won't tell you. I mean, because they're like, oh, you're sugar. They might say your sugars are a little high instead of saying you have prediabetes. And people yeah. just kind of go, oh, what is that? They don't know what it means. So they ignore it. And what we know, if you start then making some of these small changes that you can have a huge impact on your health. I mean, huge. So that, yeah. that's a really good point, Robin, because yeah. people think that the ill effects of diabetes occurs when their blood sugar gets to a certain amount that mm -hmm. then indicates diabetes when in fact it's progressive, right? It if it's a, I, what I hear is it's a touch high. I hear that from people. Yeah, my blood sugar is a touch high. And, and then I look at their lab values and I'm like, ah, you have prediabetes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, right. And I don't know why, I don't know why that is. So really, um, you know, I'm trying to promote people to just you know, ask, get tested, ask your doctor and know the numbers yourself. So you can so, so be your what, own advocate. Th there's three ways that you can get diagnosed with diabetes. One is through your fasting blood sugar. Mm -hmm. So what is a normal fasting blood sugar? When does it become diabetes? Where are you in the middle with prediabetes? Uh, 6.5 and above. Your diabetes. Oh, you you're diabetes. going with the A, uh, A1C. A1C, yeah. Oh, yeah. see, that, yeah. that is one of them. Um, yeah, see, A1C, I think it's something that people are less familiar Oh, you think so? With. Okay, I'm not as well versed in the fasting because I use A1Cs with my clients. Exactly, yeah. because when yeah. you have diabetes, then you switch to watching. And so for those of people who don't realize, okay, you're, everybody knows their fasting blood sugar because it's drawn at your yearly lab ex mm -hmm. exam. And so if it's under 100, that's normal. You're good. But but here's the thing, Dr. Joe, people don't go in and get their blood drawn. They don't go to the doctor. They're afraid. And especially women who may be a little bit overweight, they always, because the doctors just tell them lose weight. And so they avoid going to the doctor. Right. But no, so go ahead. I interrupted you. I was I, like, oh, but you're, yeah. but you're absolutely right, Robin. We've got to be educated about our body to put it out of sight, out of mind, doesn't change anything that's going on in our body, all those changes. And when we have diabetes, it increases our risk of uh, heart disease. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, diabetes, I think is the leading cause of blindness because it affects the high blood sugar affects those tiny little blood vessels mm -hmm. in your eyes and your kidneys. It can lead to gangrene because it shuts off those the neuropathy. Those uh -huh. Yeah, the neuropathy, which is that nerve damage. Kidney uh -huh. issues. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's so many effects of that blood sugar, but still, if you go in for your annual exam, that is just your fasting. And that is one way to diagnose it. But there's some people who have a normal fasting blood sugar, but what happens after they eat, it gets up too high, too high. and mm -hmm. it doesn't come down and fasting, you know, blood sugar should be like a roller coaster it goes up and it comes down. And then the next time you eat, it goes up and that comes down. It's supposed to do that. And remember glucose, which is what blood sugar is. We're measuring blood glucose. Yeah. That is, and I talk about energy. I mean, this is where our brain gets the energy that we need. And that little tiny brain up there weighing in only 2% of our body weight, you as is 
25% of all the calories that we need, all 25% of all the fuel that our body needs. So, yeah. you know, the glucose is so critical. It, it is. Hey, let me interrupt for just a second and remind you that, of course, I speak about energy. And if you haven't yet, please go to my website and take my 10 question energy quiz to find out how your energy is, because I've got a free PDF download. Once you take a quiz, you'll get the 21 ways to beat the afternoon slump. It's about how to keep your energy up all day long and of course, stay healthy as well. So go to drjo.com forward slash energy quiz. drjo.com forward slash energy quiz. All right, let's get back to the interview. And you know, so many people with diabetes and we kind of got off the um the myths but but i'm so passionate about type 2 diabetes um but but that, robin i will say that that is one of the myths too people only check their fasting and they don't yes. realize uh no there's two other ways to check it mm-hmm. and it could be your issue someplace else in lowering it after a meal or what you talked about a1c and i think we need to talk about that because mm-hmm. um your fasting blood sugar is on the spot measurement what it is right this moment mm-hmm. A1C is something that gives you a value that is the equivalent of what it's been like over a three month period. So it's a lot more accurate. No wonder you use that in your practice. I I do. Most people, once they develop diabetes or prediabetes, definitely should be doing that on a regular basis, but it's a good idea for all of us to get our A1C. Well, and let me tell you this, my, uh, my husband, before we started checking his A1C, he would try to game the system before his blood, his blood draw, he would go out and jog, okay? Because we know exercise lowers your, your, your blood glucose, right? So he wanted a lower reading. I'm like, who are you trying to kid, right? And so, and so when you, I was- Yeah, so you, can kid, you can kid the doctor, but you're not kidding the body, right? Yeah, exactly. And so when they finally started testing his A1C, I was so, you know, started looking at that. I was like, okay, he can't do, because it shows three months what you've been doing, right? But it's just uh-huh. like, so really it- yeah, it was, it was so and, frustrating and, and to me. As a dietitian, I used to use both of those. When I, I, I worked many, many years working with people only with diabetes. And, um, and I would ask them about their fasting and they'd bring in these paper reports and they would say, you know, it would say 80, 80, 80. Like it was like too perfect. And then we'd get the A1C back. And like you said, it was seven or eight, like ridiculously yeah. high. And then you knew... No, yeah. those no. It, it, probably those numbers are not accurate. Somebody made them up right before they're coming into the clinic. They're writing down some numbers, right? Right. right or right. or maybe their fasting is normal. The problem is later on after the, the spikes, other. yeah, yeah, that don't so, come down. Yeah. So it's it's a good idea to ask about your A one C as well. It okay. is. Yeah. So we've talked about you can get plenty of protein. You can by eating plant based yeah. diet. It is super easy to take care of that B twelve mm-hmm. with supplement. But you're getting so many more vitamins and minerals right. than you get on a, on a heavy animal-based diet. So what yeah. are some other? So some others are that people think they're going to lose muscle. If you're an athlete, um, you know, or weekend warrior type, and you know, and as we, and you know, it is a concern because as we age, you you start to lose muscle, right? As we, as we do, yes. we do. I mean, it just it's just a natural progression of aging, unfortunately. So you know, you need to work hard to hold on to what you have. 
But um, there's this great movie called The Game Changers, and it really um, profiles um, elite athletes uh, at the professional level. And one of them is like the strongest man in the world. And he is this huge muscle guy. And he's in people say, how do you how do you be so strong and you like an ox and not eat meat? And he's and his retort is, have you ever seen an ox eat meat? Right. And so so his point is you know, that you don't need to get your protein. Protein does not build muscles. Exercise of your muscles, moving your muscles builds muscle, right? Well, and so protein is needed to build it's muscles. It's needed. But you need but both. You need both, okay? And so it's like, but if you're eating a, you know, I assure you, if you're eating meat, you're getting way more protein. Are you muscling now? I mean, right? I don't just know. Beca just because you eat more protein doesn't build more muscle. No, no you still it does not. need to do the work. The exercise. Yeah, yeah. you need to work the muscles. So, yeah, so anyway, so it's kind of a myth. And it's, the, the, the movie is super great because it, it's what it's showing actually for athletes is that um, eating a plant-based, uh, living the plant-based lifestyle uh, really reduces the inflammation and it allows you to you know, the recovery time to happen so quickly, which is really imperative if you're training at that high level, right? And so it's like, you need to go back and train again at a high level. And if your muscles are sore, you, so the recovery time is reduced. And that's a big yeah. thing for me is, for me personally, as I age, I notice after I'd go out and ride my bike hard, I'd be like, oh, it took me longer to recover. And it was really frustrating. And now I don't, I'm kind of back to where I was. It's like, oh, I'm sore for a day and I'm back on, so. Yeah, so that was kind of an interesting um, thing. So yeah, we talked about being hungry, uh, B12, and now we're talking about losing muscle. And I think one of the last things is people think it's going to be expensive, okay? And that, I think, myth comes from uh, people want to replace meat, and they buy the faux meats. They buy the faux vegan meats. They buy the Beyond Burgers or the Impossible Burgers, right? Because they haven't really made that shift that I'm not going to eat meat, um, and so they're trying to replace it instead of replacing it with whole foods like beans and legumes and tofu and those things. They, and so that is more expensive, but you're literally, if you're buying whole, whole foods, um, you know, in their most natural form and avoid the processed food, it's not any more expensive and you don't have to buy organic, you know, um, you know, you can buy frozen vegetables. And so, I don't and know. Canned I, beans. May yes. I'll give you all permission for canned beans. My right. husband comes home every once in a while with these bagged beans because they are way cheaper than the canned ones. But we never get around to soaking them and cooking them and seasoning them. And oh, please, I give you all permission to eat the canned yeah, well, beans. Well, and actually, you know, you can find black beans frozen that are partially cooked and then they're even faster to cook. But I invested oh in a gosh, pressure cooker. Yeah, I, I invested in a pressure cooker, so it's pretty fast. But canned beans are fine. I buy the low sodium, I rinse them, um, you know. And so, yes, it's so convenient. And um, if you're really on a budget, the dry beans are the way to go. But oh, I was so thrilled at COVID, not about COVID, but I went to the dry bean aisle and it was empty. And I was like, oh my God, everyone's eating beans. Yay. Yay. But, but I'm more. Or they're all in the pantry. Bought them, but yes. they didn't necessarily make them. Because yes. I've got I've got a stockpile in my pantry. And good thing they last forever, but I I think it'll take forever to get through them. Let me interject for just a moment and let you know that on episode 55, I spoke with Jill Weisenberger, a dietitian, a diabetes expert, who talked about how to prevent diabetes. So be sure to go back after this episode and listen to episode 55. 
Right. Robin, right. that was extremely helpful. I, I think people are going to get a lot out of that information. Thank you. And hopefully they'll be eating more plants in the future. So Robin, if they want to know more about you and what you do, how can they reach out to you? Oh, so you can find me at Nutrition with Robin. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Um, um, it's Robin at nutritionwithrobinrdn.com. Might be changing that soon, soon but you can well, still find put, me there. I'll put that in the okay. show notes. That's All it. right. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. For more information on how you can energize your life or to invite Joe to speak at your next event, please visit drjoe.com. That's just four letters. D-R-J-O.com.